In today's gospel reading, we hear Mark's terse account of Jesus' temptation in the desert. As usual with Mark, there is lots of action and not too much detail. For a preacher, that's kind of a good thing. It enables me to use my imagination a little bit and to encourage you to use yours as well. The passage begins with Jesus' baptism by John. Immediately, Mark's favorite adverb, following the baptism, Jesus, and Jesus alone, hears a voice from heaven saying, You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. Then, immediately again, the Spirit drives Jesus out into the wilderness. The image that comes to my mind here is one similar to the act of apparating in the Harry Potter books. Apparition, for those who haven't read the books or seen the movies, was a magical form of transportation in which the user traveled instantly from one location to another without traversing the space in between. When Jesus arrived in the wilderness, I imagine his hair and robe still dripping with water from the Jordan River. The Gospel passage continues. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted, or perhaps more accurately, tested by Satan. We don't get the specific details of the three temptations that appear in Matthew and Luke's Gospels. We don't know what tests Satan had for Jesus. But whatever they were, it took 40 days. And biblically speaking, that was a long time. And that particular length of time would have been familiar to the Jews of Jesus' day, an echo of their ancestors wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. If you've seen the images from the surface of Mars, yay for science and perseverance, you can get a slight sense of the barrenness of the area between the Jordan River and Jerusalem. No water, no shrubs, just desert wasteland. At the end of the 40 days, Jesus is left weak, famished, perhaps even near death. But he is not alone. The gospel tells us Jesus was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Imagine what it must have been like for the beasts and angels to witness Jesus' temptation as they waited some distance away, watching Satan do his worst. So we are told that Jesus was with the wild beasts. There's no mention that they helped him in any particular way. But I imagine a scene similar to that found in Isaiah 11 a kind of peaceable kingdom moment. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. Perhaps as only our own favorite beasts can, they sensed Jesus' weakness and gathered around to provide some warmth for him. And Finally, the angels waited on him. They come to Jesus at his moment of greatest weakness and minister to him, offering comfort and healing. I imagine a scene from Madeline Lingle's A Wrinkle in Time. 
when Aunt Beast comes to Meg in her moment of greatest weakness and vulnerability. Delicate fragrance moved across her with the breeze, and Meg felt a soft, tingling warmth go all through her that assuaged her pain. A reassuring sense of safety flowed through her. One of these same angels will return to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, bringing him strength as he wrestles with the final trial that is before him. It's all very lovely in our imagination. What does this mean for us today? We've been in this particular wilderness for a year now. We're right back where we were when this all started last year. Things don't seem much better even now, especially given the last week and the weather apocalypse. People are literally alone in the cold with no potable water, little to no food. Some have died. More have been unable to have needed medical treatment. Problems with infrastructure have been laid bare. And so again, we find ourselves in Lent, that strange season of the church year in which we take time to consider and reflect on what has been, what is, and what will be in our lives. Reconciliation right in the Book of Common Prayer says, We have squandered the inheritance of your saints and have wandered far in a land that is waste. Nevertheless, at the end of today's gospel passage, we hear once again Jesus' very first words in Mark. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Repent and believe, or more accurately, trust. Let your heart be changed. Let your mind be, no, be blown by the knowledge that God is present with us all. That is the promise that He has made to us over and over again. We see it in the reading from Genesis. I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with every living creature that never again shall all flesh be cut off, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. But how can we trust this covenant? How can we believe? We often, in our humanness, think we are alone especially when trials and tribulations come, and man, they have been plentiful lately. It's easy to forget this promise from God. But no matter what, we are not alone. We may think we are, lost and wandering in our own wildernesses, even in death, but we are not. Ironically, in the opening anthem of the burial rite in the Book of Common Prayer, we hear our reassurance. I am resurrection and I am life, says the Lord. Whoever has faith in me shall have life, even though he die. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. I myself shall see and my eye behold him who is my friend and not a stranger. For if we have life, we are alive in the Lord, 
And if we die, we die in the Lord. So that whether we live or die, we are the Lord's possession. As we make our way through this Lenten season, we focus on Jesus' journey toward the end of his mortal life. We also have a chance to reflect on or reconsider our own mortality, things done and left undone. But let us never forget our disobedience, our willfulness, our bad choices, whatever, are not going to keep God from keeping his covenant with us. God's faithfulness is true and eternal. Jesus himself, through the power of the Holy Spirit, comes to us to comfort and be present with us because he has been where we are, in the wilderness, suffering, seemingly alone. The wild beasts and angels ministered to him, and Jesus, in his goodness and mercy, ministers to us. Thanks be to God. Amen.